We're on page Samach Base. The Mechaber is teaching us the basics of his bodinus, of how to develop a Kesha, how to develop a relationship with the Bariyadon, with the Creator. In the context of his everyday life, and those who have been learning Bavavi from the beginning are familiar with are familiar with these techniques. Those who haven't sounds a little bit new, and even those who have, it's so important to it's so important to to see how to practically apply all the things that we're learning. So on some of the base on the bottom. Chashivas is burning as b'maisa. L'shnei kol maisa maisa shodem maisa. For every single thing that a person does, reishes alav is burning mahu oimed lasays. It sounds like a revolutionary thing, but it's not. But before a person does anything, he should think about what he's going to do. He should think about it. And it seems obvious, but it's not obvious at all. There are countless times that all of us say things and afterwards we go, oh no, I, I, I can't believe I said that. Or we do things, I wish I hadn't done that. And much of this comes from a failure to be misbinding, to think deeply and to contemplate what I'm going to say and what I'm going to be doing. You know what it means, Shetef means that there's a certain flow of life. Shetef is not just a flow, it's like a flood. And life just moves forward. There's a Shetef where, you know, you have a certain routine and you live into a certain routine. And that routine doesn't only mean what time you get up, what time you go to school, what time you go to work, what time you daven, when you eat. It also means that there's certain things that get you upset when they happen. There's certain things that cause you to get excited, certain things that cause you to become sad. And certain things that cause you to, to, to get to, 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 to get nervous. There's a shatef achayim. It means the current of life. There's a current of life, and that current of life can really can really sweep you downstream very quickly if you're not a person that knows how to stop that current. To stop that current. That's what he's saying. His bainanus, becoming a person who thinks who stops and is misbeinah before doing something. Suppose he doesn't hear me for half hour. One learns how to do it very quickly. But before saying something, before doing something, that is the only way to stop that flooding, sweeping current of life. That's what his bandhas does. It's otzeres is shatef ha'chaim. V'hodem oyevim mahalach chaim shalchipazam. The worst thing is to live in a mahalach chaim of chipozen, in a way of life of chipozen. Chipozen means rushing, rushing, always rushing, always being nervous and anxious. Uh, there's a mahalach of life that people live in, where even if they, even if you don't see them, that even if it doesn't appear to the outside that they're running, but inside of them, there's a chipozen. There's this. There's a relentless drive to to move forward, and and a chipazon that creates a life of confusion. 
through his bainulus, and it's the only way. Come sit there. Through his bainulus, his bainulus is the only way. His once again meaning, thinking about and contemplating of what, about what you're going to do and what you're going to say. That it's through his bainulus that a person is where the person leaves a mahalachaim, a way of living that's called chipazah. Now sometimes you have to rush. That's how we got out of Egypt, right? It's just Pesach. We got out of Mitzrayim by rushing. And Rabbi Sadiq says there in the beginning of Tzikas Sadiq, Rabbi Sadiq Akharin says a beautiful and important Yisad at the beginning of Tzikas Sadiq. He says the following. He says, you know, that Pesach, the first Pesach that we ever had was with chipazah. It was with a big rush. But that's not by Pesach Beres. When it comes to when it comes to Pesach in future generations, there's no Indian of running around like Mishuk. I mean, it might look like that, but there's no Indian of Chipazim. It was just when we left Egypt. And why? So Absalvik says, because when you're in a bad place, when you're in a bad place, you have to you have to rush to get out of the bad place. That was the initial one's initial detachment from evil must take place in a way of chipazim. Meaning, if you're sitting around and thinking about it day and night, it's not it's not going to work. You have to just, sometimes you just have to, you know, it's, you just have to go. You have to, you have to get out of that bad situation and stop thinking about it so much, just to get out of it and to put yourself into a good place. So when we left Mitzrayim, it was b'chipazim. But Reb Tzadik says that's, that was an emergency situation. Rushing is not a way of life. It's only for emergencies. But there are people who have constant emergencies. Everything is an emergency. I, I told this to you once. I remember that I, was, I had a girls' class and I was teaching 12th grade girls in high school. Uh, and, uh, and there was a girl that ran out. You know, sometimes girls will just get up and run out. It's a, they just ran out. She ran out. And then what happens sometimes when that when when, a girl, when one girl runs out is that her best friend also runs out. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I, mean, I saw this many times. It runs out, and um, and then there's uh, the other ones who thought they were the best friends are talking, and there's like a tumult in the class, and and there was a and there's something like a, a howling, you know, coming from the ladies' room, and. and you know, and the, and the teacher doesn't know if this is something was got to be an emergency. I'm not sure. So over the years, I learned that thank God they mostly were not like big emergencies. Once it was that the girl just got a manicure and it broke. I'm telling you the truth. A nail broke. That was one, and she, you know, she ran out. Her friend ran out, and there was another one that it was uh, something with a boyfriend. You know, a mice. And uh, she was upset about it. Another one ran out. I got me for, for them. It's an emergency. But I'm saying in life, it's not such a big thing. But for that person, it was. So, when a when a person lives in a state of, there are people who live in a constant state of emergency. If you've ever met, if you've ever met a dramatic person, you know what I mean by that. It can be a clinic. It can be a small thing, but you know, uh, it's a big thing. It's like. I thought the, it was all women. What? I thought it was all women. What I, mean. I, I didn't say anything about men so far. No, no. <laughs> it's, there, are, there, there, there are men and women that are like that. That, that everything is very, very dramatic. Everything's very dramatic. It could be a small thing, 
but it's a very, very dramatic thing. It's a global, universal, big thing that's happening. If that person, you know, something in that person's life is a little bit like this, like that, it's very, very, very big. And and it, there's a mahalach of life that's a, a life of rushing. And especially, we spoke about this so many times that that's a very, very big Indian nowadays, more than in the past. In the past, where people lived very much in one place, even if you even if you talked a lot of the chera that they moved, that they moved to Israel, the women for the most part, everything their entire lives revolve around two or three blocks. It's not it's not that they have that they're going uh, that they that they you know two nights a week to go to Chasna in Williamsburg or to go to some place here or to go shopping in Borough Park or to go but to go to the mall in this place, mostly everything goes around a few blocks and it's a quieter, softer and gentler type of a lifestyle. Even places outside of New York, it's less of a, in many places there's less of a bahala, less of a chipazm. But you have people with a personality, even if the, even if the person would be living, you know, in, 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 in some place, you know, Tumbleweed, Arkansas. He's nervous or something, even though there's nothing much going on over there. But he's he's very very you know it's a, it's a type of a person. So what he's saying here is that a person through his blindness, the only way to get out of that mahalach of life of chipazin of a person that's anxious and rushing, and when a person rushes, they make mistakes. Kiyadua. When you rush and you're anxious, you make mistakes, and you also don't enjoy life that much. So. The only way for a person to get out of a mahalach of chipazim, again, I'm not talking about a person who occasionally is like that. There's a mahalach of life like that. The only way to get out of that is with his blindness. His blindness. And we're learning it. We're going to learn examples. We're going to see examples. His blindness means pausing, pausing. Like they have, they have, have like on, on computers or on different machines, you could press a button that says pause. A person has to know how to do that with himself, to pause. Through his brightness, his brightness, again, his brightness means thinking, pausing, contemplating. On a deeper level, it even means meditating. Say we're not talking about meditation now. But that is the key to living a life of Yishev Adas. A person living a life that's calm and has manuchas and nefesh, a life of inner tranquility and peace. It's only with his bindings. If you're not a misbinding, if you're not a person that, that stops, that pauses, that presses the pause button to be misbinding, then you could be in that shetef, that flood, that flood of life that you feel like you're almost being pulled from one store to the next. You're being pulled from one one store to the next, from one 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 uh, place to the next place, from one job to the next job, from one house to the. You feel like you're just caught up in something. That's a very it's a very bad way to live. It's not the Ratzon Hashem. It's not the Ratzon Hashem that we live that way, being dragged uh, being dragged down a river someplace. The Bereshit wants us to think about what we're doing and where we're going, and to and to have to have a quiet inside of ourselves and so on. The dogma, for example, an example of is 
Adam is Yashiv Lachal, a person sits down to eat. Olav Losis is Adas, Shachila, Lote Aser, the Chaifsa. A person should a person should concentrate, should have in mind not to eat quickly. Now, this is a hard thing for people who have the habit of eating very quickly, not to eat quickly. Not to eat quickly, and not to eat without thinking. One should eat which means, doesn't mean slow, but to eat at a, 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 a slower pace, with a patience and so on. And what does it mean? It's, it, he gives a simple example. A person sits down to eat, and before you start eating, you ask yourself a question. You don't have to talk out loud. Uh, you ask yourself a question. Why am I eating? Hopefully the answer is, because I'm, I'm hungry, not just because it tastes good. Which is another popular reason why people eat. But traditionally people ate because they were hungry. Why am I eating? I'm eating because I'm hungry. This is as simple as bunnies that a person can have when they sit down to eat. Try it. Then a person, this is all in five seconds, then a person thinks, okay, I'm hungry, that's why I'm eating. I mean, normally, eating is just part of the shatif of life. It's just a current. You just go when you eat. Just like you get up and you do other things and you take care of this and you take care of that and you eat and you're right and you keep on going. Stop. Pause. Why am I eating? Seems like a silly question. I'm eating because I'm hungry. Where did hunger come from? It came on its own? So some will say, yes, that's the nature of a person. If I didn't eat for a long stretch of time, like 15, 20 minutes, something like that, if I didn't eat, let's say, uh, since the last meal, if I didn't eat, so uh, the tev of a person is that he's hungry, especially if I didn't eat all day, or if I didn't eat, you know, while I was sleeping or anything like that, all night I went without eating. So the tev of a person, <coughs> it's the nature of a person to be hungry. So what kind of cash is it? In other words, I'm stopping... And I'm asking myself, why am I eating? The answer is because I'm hungry. And I'm saying, why am I hungry? Why well, am I hungry? It's a type of a person. It's the nature of a human being that if he doesn't eat for a while, that he's hungry. So then you have to say, Umi Who created that nature? Who, who created that type of a person? Who made the type in such a way? Who created it that a nature of a person should be in such a way? And you can't. A misbrainain does not take anything for granted. Anything. An elchiyu, the God-fearing Jew, has to live this way. So who created nature? So people think that when they go, that they have to go to the Grand Canyon, or that they have to go to the Golan Heights or something to look out over the fields and to say, It's not going to work if you're looking over a piece of cantaloupe. Not just to say, Marab Hashem, how wondrous are you, you know, to be impressed. It's not just a question of being impressed. 
there are a lot of people who think that our, meaning, our, meaning the Torah's way of looking at the world is to be impressed and to be overwhelmed and to say, wow, the Barishal made such a beautiful snowfall. Wow, the Barishal made such beautiful flowers, such beautiful trees and everything is beautiful. And then to feel inspired. That's nice, but that's not minute-to-minute way to live. That's not a minute-to-minute, that's not how you live. This is the way to live. With his bananas. You're sitting down to a regular sandwich, to a regular breakfast, lunch, or supper. And you, say, and you ask yourself, why am I eating? You don't skip it. You don't just say, you don't just get to the answers. You ask the questions. Just like you see in the Haggadah, you don't get to the answers. You ask, man, the Shtanaral is a echad miyadaya. You ask the questions. So why am I hungry? It's the teva of a person is to be hungry. And if you need, you're hungry. When Yod says a teva, who created this nature? That a person that didn't eat is hungry, who created this? What nature created itself and it, it, it forces its way onto, onto a person's life on its own? Rather shalom. Ainzais certainly not. Ainzais elish ani raev. Kekash baruchu as kekash baruchu The reason I'm hungry is kekash baruchu made me hungry. The baruchlam created within me right now. Not because there's something in the world that billions of people have that if they don't eat that they're hungry. But the baruchlam created right this second inside of me a feeling of hunger. A feeling of hunger. We should know, not chasm, it's not really hungry, but uh, a desire to eat. Kashbohu created within me such a feeling. Climber. So this is an example of a, of a person who lives with his bindedness. Climber. Anything new that comes up in a person's life. But you see, New in a person's life does not have to be the magnificent, the magnificent scenery on a mountain. That's a terrible, terrible mistake, and that's why people people feel that they have to go far away and spend lots of money for inspiration. You don't have to do that. And we're not talking here about taking out a guitar either and turning off the lights. We're talking about how a yid is supposed to live his life with his braininess. And it means looking at the chiddush of this moment in my life. What is different this moment from last moment? What's different right now is that I feel hungry. And the Rabbi Shalom has been kind and he's given me something to eat. That he gave me something to eat yesterday has nothing to do with what that he's given me to eat today. Nothing to do with it. That, that, he, that he's been giving me food since I'm, I'm in this world through my, through my parents and then and then I was able to make a living and to have what to eat has no bearing on the Chiddush of right now Hashem created in me this second a feeling of hunger. I'm not set on automatic. Hashem Baruch didn't have to make me hungry right now. He doesn't have to do anything. Hashem Baruch made me hungry right now. He was Mechadish. He created a thing in me called hunger. And me anything, any point, any Indian that's new in the person's life again, new here means changing could be, it could be it's every day but for now 
Something just changed. I wasn't hungry, and now I'm hungry. That's what we say in Davni, that Hashem renews in His kindness each and every day the act of creation, the creation of the world. Doesn't, I'm not talking about some kind of spectacular scenery. Or going to the Swiss Alps and uh, standing on top and uh, you know yodeling out some uh, some Baruch Hashem on at the top of the mountain. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about right now, Baruch Hashem in me. This feeling of hunger. He's just giving an example of hunger. Right now, the Baruch Hashem in me a feeling of love towards someone that I love. The Baruch Hashem is inside me, such a thing. Whatever that is, but in that moment that you're in, to be misbaine, who created this? Who gave me this? The fact that yesterday I was also hungry. That's the problem. We get, we get into this shetavachan. That's the flow, the ebb and flow of life that tells you, well, yesterday I had that. I was yesterday, I was hungry, and then I ate, and I wasn't hungry. So that just happens every time I don't eat. That's called the shetavachan. That's called the flow of life. And if you're in that current and you don't stop it with his bindingness, then before you know it, you're 120 and all you had were thousands and thousands of eating opportunities that had nothing to do with God, that had nothing to do with your neshama, that had nothing to do with nitzchis. Just give you an example of eating, but anything, everything else in life. There was just part of the shetaf achayim. You'll excuse me, the same way that a person goes to the bathroom, the person eats, and the person sleeps, and it's the of life. Shatav Achayim. After 120, so what does a person have? What does a person have? I said to the, I said to the Yechever, by Mashiach Suda, uh, at the end of Yantav, that uh, the base is so, the guy Rebbe Suda, was after the Seder, and after Shir Shirim, and he was taking off his kittle. And uh, and he and he turned around and he gave a crash the way is so, and he said, you know, there's going to come a time when you can't take off the kettle. You know what that means? When a person's uh, person's 120 and he's buried in his shrouds, the Vesel said, right now I can thank God I can still take off my kettle. There's going to come a time when you can't take off your kettle, and on that day when you can't take off your kettle, then you look back. But over thousands and thousands of times that you did routine things without anything, without a kachbarah, without any meaning, without any significance, and each of those, each of those times that you, every single one of those times that you ate, was an opportunity for having a kesher with Hashem. Each and every single time that you that you got up in the morning, each and every single time that you that you were talking or spending some time with the family, whatever it is. Was an opportunity for for Tveikus, for Mitzchias, for eternity. It doesn't have to be something amazing and fantastic and dramatic and all of that. That's, that's, so I'm saying people. The same way that, that you have now so many dramatic people that over over little things, but those people, they're also they're looking. They have to have you know people looking now in order to experience something of a feeling of of of, of meaning in life. They're looking for these big 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 things. Because they're not living with his bindingness, so they're looking for a way. How can I get out of this shatafachayim, <coughs> out of the flowing current, the flood of life? How do I get out of that? So I have to go someplace where it's not like that. Where is that place? 
there's a quiet place someplace, you know. Uh, there's a quiet place somewhere over the rainbow. There's some quiet place or some, and then you have to look, uh, you, then you go online to try to find, you, you look under, I guess, uh, quiet. You you look under quiet, you press into the internet, quiet, and then they show you well, like a, a couple of million places that they say that it's over here, you go, it's quiet. A person has to, a person spends so much money and puts in so much kaifas trying to escape the shet of Hachayim. <coughs> trying to escape the shet of Hachayim and to achieve Yishev Adaz and Menuchas and Nefesh. And they're looking for these big these big things to get out, to get off the, 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 the rushing train of, of this world. That's because they're living. Person lives without his without his blindness. When a person lives with his blindness, there's no there's no deeper pleasure. There's no there's nothing sweeter in the world because you you take vacations all the time. You have vacations all the time. You have these. You have a ten second vacation. But when you take that ten second vacation, it's not stam to indulge in something. It's 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 the tachlis of your life. Therefore, a person doesn't. A person can say, "You created again. You created this within me in my life today. Today, Mamish, you created this." She so says, "Masha Esmal, how I arrive? The fact that yesterday I was hungry. That was yesterday's Indian. Yesterday, Hashem made me hungry, and Hashem gave me food, and I made a bracha, and I and I and I ate it." That was a Chiddush Shalasmah. Yesterday's hungry, hunger has nothing to do with today's hunger. It's a different Maisa. It's nothing to do with it. It's a different parasha, yesterday's hunger. Yesterday was yesterday. But the Baruch Shalom was Mechadish within me yesterday. That of that feeling of hunger. And today he's Mechadish that in me. It's not like I was just left up to Teva. Hashem, Hashem looked, is looking at me. And he and, he's, and he says, hunger. You're hungry now. And it's mechadish to me that feeling of hunger. It wasn't like I was just left up to the elements. Hashem Baruch created within me that feeling. Sometimes you don't eat for a while. And you're not hungry at all. No. I'm not. Right? There's such a thing. Sometimes you don't eat and you're not hungry. You're not hungry. Right? It happens. And there are other times you see a person so oh, young, hungry, I'm famished, I'm starving. A person shouldn't use lashonis like that. But I'm hungry, I'm so hungry. What, what did you do that was so different today than yesterday? Why is it that today you're so hungry? Yesterday you weren't so hungry. Hashem's brought each time, each person, each time a person dies. Mechadish, that feeling of hunger. It's not that you were left up to nature. It's not just thing. The rest of the world could talk like that and they could... They could they could live in that in that way. That's not who we are. That's not the truth. If if, if I'm feeling hungry, so the body shall press the hunger button on me. And then the question is, no. So now what? I ask myself. So I'm hungry. So the body shall create it with any such a thing. If a person lives in a way of rushing, in a way of not in a way of not thinking, not pausing. In that way of chipazim. Now here he says something very important. 
And this is very hard. This is a madrega. And I and I and I, I know this is something that, that personally it's been a, it's a constant struggle. When a person when a person feels that my rushing, the, uh, the tachas of my rushing is avodas Hashem. In other words, why am I rushing through my meal? Because I want to get back to learning. I'm, why am I rushing my Why am I rushing when I'm eating? Why am I rushing uh, with this with this and that? Because I want to dive and I want to learn. I want to do some mitzvah, right? So it's a good thing. No, it's also not a good thing. Let me just finish this this little paragraph later. One second, okay? He says, So he rushes to finish eating. He writes because he wants to have more time to learn. Or to do some other mitzvah. I'm not talking, obviously, when somebody contradicts emergency. He's sitting there, you know, eating and thinking. But a person wants to do a mitzvah. Still, a person has to know. Let's read those words, they're very strong. Nevertheless, even though your intention is a mitzvah, your intention is uh, to get back to learning, you should know. If you're rushing through that eating, again, he's not talking about schlepping it out for a long time, but if you're, if it's a bechipozen, mikomakom olav ladas, shabechipozen zeh, that with this rushing, ibed me'atzmo, you have thrown away, you have lost, as iker nishmasachayim, the main soul of life. The iker nishmasachayim is. Yishev Hadas, Menuchas HaNefesh. That's the Ike Nishma Sachai. You throw away HaKadosh Baruch. You can go now, the, I've seen this. You can go, I've seen people with Yarmulkes. And sometimes you have Yan Rakaway, one of these big places, streets, and there's a car next to it. I've seen people that are shaving in the car. Shaving, like that, with a, at a red light. Shaving. It's probably dangerous, shaving, and the people that they're driving and they're eating sandwiches and drinking drinking coffees and eating sandwiches when they're driving, and whatever it is they're having a breakfast or a lunch or something while they're driving, and <clears throat> and it could be that that, that stop the person's light, but there are people who live in in a state of chipazim, and what he's saying here is that a person that does that should know. Even if it's for the sake of learning a davening, that you're throwing away Iker Nishmas Hachayim, the essence of the soul of one's life. Adam I'll A person who eats without thinking, without pausing, without a moment's thought, without stopping to remember who created within you this feeling of hunger, who is satisfying this hunger, who is so kind to make the foods have such a nice taste and to be so pleasant for you. All of these things. Same thing. It's not just a matter of approaching the eating that way. You come to learn that way too. You just jump right into learning. You just jump right into davening. He's give you, the next part here is talk, is talk, he, he talks about davening before davening. Preparing for davening. A person who just jumps into davening. It's also the chipazim jumps into learning without his blindness, without without pausing, without pausing, without stopping, without thinking. Says the same thing. Ma'abed bezeres ikar chayim. Person is losing, throwing away the ikar chayim. 
which is that moment of pause. In that pause, when you stop the shetef, the flow of life, you could find the Kodesh Baruch, which is the Tachas of life. That that pausing and thinking before you do a mitzvah is ikari It's one of the main main things in avodas Hashem. It's not an extra thing. It's me ikari What is it? Yeah. Um, something that is just bothering me here. Um, you know, if I can feel hunger every fifteen minutes, and of course. Going to just say, has brought that in me today, this moment to feel hunger. I could say the same thing about chipazon. When I feel sometimes, you know, that I act in chipazon. Today I felt ten times. Yesterday maybe once. Why isn't that the action of chipazon? No, 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 no. No, no. The urge, the urge. A person, a person then stops and says. I feel inside of me a certain anxiousness to do something I have to ask myself is this this is a matter of it's it's a matter of is this something which is is this something which is good for me and my or is this something which is coming from another place and it's not good for me when it comes to hunger when it comes to hunger how would you word that is this good for me? Is it not good for me? I'm feeling hungry. That's um, that's the mitzvah. Every ten minutes, yes, I should ask myself. Yeah, I'm not talking about, that's not that's not that's not normal. If a person's hungry every ten minutes. How would I know that? I, I assume. What's the question, Mike? Let's get to the question. My question is everything ultimately is Ultimately, everything, and that's what he's saying. No matter. But he's talking about a teva now, and if a person has a, the teva, the person doesn't eat, is to feel hunger. If a person's teva, if there's some, if there's something that's, God forbid, malfunctioning in one's teva, then the person goes to the doctor, right? So we're not talking about we're talking about a healthy, average person that hasn't eaten for for whatever that person, whatever hasn't eaten for a little while, a while, and is feeling. We're not talking about starving, but feels some hunger. It's not the same thing as a person who says that that feeling of chipazon is not something that God wants you to live with. It's something that, that he, the same way a person says, if a person feels a desire to do an Aveira. So you can say, well, that desire must be from Hashem. It is, that, that, that is rooted in, uh, everything is rooted in HaKash Baruch but what am I supposed to be thinking about now? And what, how am I supposed to be treating this moment? What am I supposed to be davening for this moment? So if a person feels hunger, so he's giving an example of what, how, a person could, how a person can deal, you know, not deal with that, how a person should, should live with that and, and grow closer to Hashem through that. If a person is feeling anxious about something, then he should talk to Hashem as well about that too and ask, why am I feeling this way? And is this, so, is, is this something that you want me to feel or is it something you want me to overcome? Help me to overcome this. I need to overcome this. When it comes to hunger, you're helping me by giving me a sandwich. When it comes to chipazon, I need help. Hashem, can you please help me? Because I don't believe that this is good for me, and I don't believe this is what you want for me. That's my dachira, to stop, to pause, and to think, and to ask for help. So depending upon what a person is going through at that moment, that's how he, that's how he speaks to Hashem about that moment that he's living in. Right? That's, that's, but if there's something un natural, unnatural, abnormal, if a person's feeling hungry every 15 minutes, then, then, that's, then that's something maybe that's not right, and you should go take care of it. Right? I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah.
No? Okay. That's, that, that's how I understood it. Okay. Show them. Okay, I don't know. I didn't understand. Keshodam nigash in his bainlos to chol pu'ula shuhu When a person approaches every single act that he does, when he comes with his bainlos, with this pausing and thinking, ein zo'ayme behechrech shal yagish tam ba'echel. The fact that a person comes with his bainlos to eating, for instance, doesn't mean that if you, that you're misbainer and now you're going to reach a madrega that you're not going to taste the food. You know, like some story you read from a tzaddik or something that you're going to sit and you're not, you're not going to taste the food. But that's not what it means. Especially if you put so much time into making preparations that should have a good taste. You're not going to all of a sudden, through his burnness, not to taste the food. And that's not the tachlis for us. We're not in a madrega like that. Not to taste the food. Are you talking shaf? You had any menu. Good. You'll enjoy the food. That's okay. Enjoy the food. And the purpose of this is bringing this is not to take away from a person his pleasure eating. The other other. It could even give a person greater pleasure. But just to remember who gave you that pleasure. Remember the one who's giving you this meal and the one who's giving you this pleasure. It doesn't, it's not to take away the pleasure of eating. The Isbaninus is not to take away the pleasure of eating. Like here you, you sit down to this to this meal and, and then and then you, you have this you pause and think about it, you know, this think some thought about it and you say, Oh well there goes my appetite. <laughs> I was so excited about this this meal and now I all of a sudden I got got involved now. It took away my appetite. That's not that's not what's happening and it's not the tachlis and it's not the Rasmasha. There are stories of people said can and taste the food. That's not us. That's not our avayda. It's okay. You talk and shaf your head in there. You're going to enjoy it. Avalas ikka simas halev shalahu miniach mechalakim hanachayim. Enjoy the food. Isn't the hate? That's fine. But don't forget. Don't forget that the ikatachlis of this chiddush that Hashem made for you right now in your life to feel hungry and to satisfy you with some food that He gave you, that the ikatachlis in that is to remember who gave it to you and who, who caused you to feel that way, who filled your hunger. Enjoy the food, but just remember the shakur. That means, even while you're eating, your thoughts should be in the right place. Not just, you know, the Shatavachim, and I'm looking at my watch and I get, get the or just thinking about, mm, this is delicious, oh, do I enjoy this? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good, enjoy it. But don't get, don't get lost in, in, in the Shatavachim while you're eating, while you're doing anything in life. You don't get lost in the Shatavachim. Just like you see people, you don't know people, every one of us knows people, that they're going to some job for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it is. And they don't have to even work that much anymore, but they're just in some sort of a routine. And yes, you know, you're getting older. What's going to be with you? Learning. What's going to be with you? Your family. With your life. It's the shet of a Just going. Just going. And if you ask them, why don't you take? What am I going to do? This is what I do. So a person can become like that. There's everything in life. Everything in life, a person can get, can get lost in the shatafachayim. 
So this person, you're eating, but while you're eating, you're able to have thoughts, this type, these type of thoughts that we're talking about. Enjoy the food, enjoy the food, but it doesn't have to be, it shouldn't be that it's this, that you're immersed in the food. You know, there's a big difference between enjoying what you're eating and, uh, like, being enamored with your food. You, you know that there's a difference like that. To enjoy, you have people, you know, they eat, it's, it's like, you know, they get so uh, excited about the food. Whatever. But but not to get shakur, not to get lost in the food, not to drown in your chalant. You understand? But to drown in, in, in your super and your whatever is to drown in it, in the in the food you eat. Hechen should certainly shakur, but your thoughts are as much as possible are where they're supposed to be. Not in the food. The reason that you're eating is a different reason. You're not, you're not, even though you're enjoying the food, you're not eating for the purpose of getting that enjoyment. You're eating for the purpose of living. And you're living for the purpose of serving a Kaddish Baruch So you're eating for the purpose of serving a Kaddish Baruch you're, you're enjoying the food, but that's not why you're eating. But that's already not either. You, you enjoy the food, but that's not why you're eating. You're eating to live, and a Jew lives to serve the Kaddish Baruch. And then you don't have to be so picky with everything that you eat. You don't have to be so picky with everything. You know, you saw a Shema, a Pach is a Shema. Right, they're different levels. There's some people on a higher level, and their eating is more lishma. In other words, they have more they have more thoughts of of the tachlis and of kadosh baruch and so on with their eating. And there are others who have less thoughts. But halakala prophets, at least, at least, at least you're not schlepped along by elam hazeh. You're not just dragged along by elam hazeh. You're not just uh, you're not just you know, transformed into a salad, into an omelet. You understand? Who's eating who? It's not. It's not always clear who's eating who. If you get, if you get lost in the food, then the food is eating you up. Not you. You think you're eating the food, but the food is eating you up. So then you'll say something like, "Oh, I, 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 I have such a. Just, I don't feel well. You know, so what, why don't you? Well, because you know, I'm not supposed to eat this. I'm supposed to eat that. But I saw you eating all of that. I know, but." But now I have to suffer the consequences. We all do that. We have to suffer the consequences of eating things that are not good for us. That person, that person is not eating the food. The food is eating him. It's just the timing is a little bit different. First you eat the food, and then the food eats you. That's how it works. But it, but but the food is laughing all the time afterwards. It's a it's a big joke on the person. You thought that you're eating me. That took you ten minutes, and now I'm eating you for ten hours. It's not a bad deal for the food. For ten minutes, you gotta eat it, but now he goes after you for ten hours. Is it? A person's without thinking and gets shakua, gets lost. And we're not we're not used to this, especially now. 
you know, those of you who remember, like the, the you know the old movies from the 40s and the 50s, or if you lived in that time, maybe there was such a thing. I don't, I don't know uh, to to live that way. A person, you know, they used to sit around the table like with neckties, you know, and uh, say their say their prayers or something, and uh, everybody ate together, and uh, you know, it was like a real a real uh, meal, like a real put together thing, and. Uh, there was a time when not just Lahavdal Jews on Shabbos and Yontif had a certain mahalach, but that that's how people lived, that their family sat down and supper together and they were able to talk a little bit and it was quiet and they were able not, not to, in those days, not to handle with the phone and work was finished and uh, there was, a, and people had a little bit of time in Yeshiva Das, it was quiet and so on. Uh, that's how that's how it was taken for granted. That's how, that's how normal people live. If if people from the old days would look and see a movie of us of us now and how we live now, we would look to them like we're like we're from a, a basement shagoyim, like from a, a cra- from an asylum, like crazy people. I'm not talking about uh, the a million things. I'm talking about how we eat. They look at us like we're from an asylum, crazy people. It's not a crazy thing that a person should be driving in a car uh, at a light, putting a hamburger down his throat. That's not. An animal doesn't do that. An animal stops. An animal stops, smacks up his he smells a little bit, he looks around, he talks, talks to the children, gives out a little bit, he eats with Yishiva does. eats with Yishiva. The whole Indian of fast food. The whole Indian of fast food. What that is, and what the whole, the whole expression, fast food. The whole which we already take for granted. There's already mice of 30 years, already more fast food. And the whole music that in order for a person to be able to be relaxed, he has to go someplace and and have somebody else prepare the food and put it on the table and to pay money and to leave a tip. And it's the only way that a person can eat with the Yeshiva Das. Except the people at the next table are making too much noise. So you have to go to a fancier place where there's better ambiance. It means that there's no other living people. So then, then, then you could have some yeshiva das. We're like mishugai. We're like crazy people. They would look at us. They'd see we're crazy people. Zui nekudachas. This is the first nekuda. Zui nekudachas. His boyness. That's the beginning of being a Jew. If we haven't done that, we have to start to do it. We're going to learn much more about it. But that's the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. It's blindness. And this applies to everything, even to Ruchmias, as we said a minute before. That even when it comes to davening, a thing of holiness, don't just jump into it. You don't just jump into it. You know how the Besamekdash was made? You've seen drawings, you've read about it. You know the Besamekdash? You know... The different madrigas of, of Kedusha, right? You go in slowly from one level to the next, from the Harabayas, till you get to the, till you get to the Azara, to the Hechel. There are levels, there are levels, there are levels, there are steps, there's time. You don't just, you don't just, they don't just let you off in the Kesh Kedoshim. Now, you don't just, you know, with a helicopter go over the Kesh Kedoshim, they drop the coin, comes down a ladder, or, they, or the, the helicopter goes into the, there's a pad, a helicopter paid in the Kaish Kadosh and they drop off the Kain Gadol. Um, 
you walk up to Harabayas, you go to the base of the Kim, the Halach, the Ragesh, and you go under the Ragnarok Sharach Yishalayim, the different levels of Kedusha, the gate of Yishalayim, the wall of Yishalayim to come to you get to, to the place. And, and it's the Rosh Hashem that even with holiness, maybe to say even especially with holiness, that it's not with a rush, it's with his blindness. So, for instance, Davani, the bottom of the page, Salma Gimel. Chiesh on the Kuda in the surface, you say this Ma'ay, a very basic Nakuda. Shafi bekoichel achabres adam lekanem eshakolayam. That could that could help to connect a person to Hashem throughout the entire day. For others, Kamoshe is kind of a tchilas, a tchila. Sholosh tfiloisers loyib b'chinas karan karan. We learned earlier. That our problem is that we only have specific times to daven. Most people will daven uh, then three times a day. Women, some once, some twice, some three times. If they have little children, and whenever they can uh, grab a word here or there. But the davening is is piecework. A little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit there. Up? But there's no, there's no. Um, there's the, the, there is no one continuous reality of a relationship with God. It's hard enough during davening to think, but even the davening is so is so chopped up. There's a little bit at one time of the day, and there's a little bit later, but in between, in between, it could be it's nothing. There's no connection. The main thing is El Shizuros and Chubaros Achas Aruusa. We have to find a way to join together Shachas with Mincha and Mincha with Marv. If you only daven shachris, then shachris with the next shachris. But there has to be, there has to be something that's holding those two davenings together. There has to be something that's holding. The davening itself is like pearls, but there has to be at least a string, something to hold the pearls. There has to be something. It's not just that a person has this way that he Yiddishkeit is not. This is such a mistake that we, we saw growing up such a thing that the Yiddishkeit has its moments in the day. There's the davening, or there's a time to bench. The the Rishon wants us to have a relationship with him all of the time, all of the time. So we have to do something to see to join together a shachus of the mincha, a mincha of the mar, or a shachus of the next shachus. But there has to be something that holds those two together. A psalm of down. The snake called Naisa. Therefore, how do we do that? What do we do to, to join Shachris with Mincha and Mincha with Ma'ar? Shachris with the next day Shachris. How do we join together these moments that we have with Hashem, the davening moments? The answer is, you don't just daven by davening. You, you can't live that way. That's not the way for you to live. That the only time you talk to God is when you're officially, when you're officially davening. Could you imagine a relationship like that with, with any person that you love? That'd be the craziest thing in the world. This is, you're having, it's like in the morning you have you have a shachris with a person. Between two people there's a shachris. So let's say it's a half hour shachris. So two people are able to talk to each other, and then that's it. It's finished. And then and then in between shachris and mincha, uh, uh, they, they don't think about each other. They don't talk to each other. They have nothing to do with each other. If there are relationships like that, 
it's chaval. Um, obviously, people can't should, can't be and shouldn't be on the phone and schmoozing all the time. What I'm saying is not to think about not to have a shaykhist to, not to have any connection to. That's not a relationship. So, so when it comes to davening, you can't just have such a thing where the only shaykhist to have to is a little bit of shaykhist, and even then, and even then, it, imagine if it was somebody that somebody that you love, and and even then it wasn't something which is heartful coming from a, a deep place, but it was just that you t- took out you took out a book and you and you just read from a manual some sort of a book about what you're supposed to say to somebody that you love. But you just got it you know, you put some Hallmark cards in the store and it's and you, and you read all kinds of stuff. And years ago we were laughing in the family there was uh, one of the one of the Hever bought showed us this book that was put out by some very uh, some very uh, yeshivish person someplace about dating. And uh, we were laughing so hard that we were crying. We were laughing so hard. But then afterwards, I was stopped crying, you know. But laughing so hard about about how to date and like things that you should say and about different tips for the yeshiva bacher and like you know things that he could write down on his hand or to have on a little paper that when they're in the restaurant they can look at under the table and they say. Um, I think you're a very nice person. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, very spontaneous things. <laughs> and it was hard to... I thought first when, when, when he came over and was reading this and we were laughing, I thought that it was poor Tyra. I mamish thought that it was a, a joke. Mm-hmm. It was a joke. It was a galachta. But it's not. It's a serious book. I think it's probably still in the stores. And there are some very sweet Jews that are buying it. And maybe they're even trying to apply it to their lives. I'm not sure. But, but imagine that you had such a relationship with a person that you have a, you have a book of words that you say to that person, just like a siddur. You have your siddur that has an, your art school siddur, or you have your whatever you, you like your siddur to, to be. You have a siddur, then you have your 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 relationship with your husband or your wife or your son, or your daughter. You have that siddur, and when that person comes, you say, "One second, who are you?" I'm your wife. Okay, hold on a second. I get get my art school wife, like they make now for wife for women. I gotta get my art school wife sitting. How are you today? I really appreciate you doing the laundry. Um, you didn't do the laundry today, but you've done it before. I really appreciate it. If your wife doesn't, there's an aspect if your wife doesn't do laundry, but the girl does. Turn to page thirty-two. <laughs> and it has the gray and it's safe for a wife who has a shiksa. Um, you really look it's so wonderful how you could uh, how you take care of the children your wife doesn't take care of the children so it says turn to page 68 if you have a lady that takes care of the children turn to page 68 so you say to your wife um, your parents are very harsh of the people so not many parents you know, so, so can you imagine what it's, it's ridiculous so you read from a script you read from a script so that's a person's whole shaykh is the Rebbein Shalom he takes out the Rebbein Shalom book he's got a vehicle a book and he looks at the book and he says these words he's reading from the Rebbein Shalom book that's the Rebbein Shalom book 
and then the next time, when when's the next reading? The next reading is, is seven hours from now. Is the next reading? You put down the book. There's nothing to do with this with, the, with this God. Put down the book. Seven hours from now, you pick up you pick up uh, the Vayshalom book. It's, it's the shortest script for the afternoon, and you and you say also. That's a relationship. It's not a relationship. The the words in there are very very amazing. They're very holy. And if you have kavana, it's very, even though it's the same words, it's very great. It's very powerful. But each each time that you're davening, somebody different and something different and a different feeling. So I'm not getting into that now. How davening works with those same words. That's a, that's a big avayda. But there's no question that if you don't have something between the morning book and the afternoon book and the evening book then you don't have a relationship and if you don't have anything even in that morning and the afternoon and night it's not really a relationship even to begin with it wasn't a relationship it wasn't a so the only way to the only way to 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 get over this is by living a life of davening like the Ramel says, I am davening, living a life of davening. doesn't mean from books, it means with your mouth, with your heart and your brain. You do the davening you're supposed to do and try to make it as meaningful as possible. That's a different conversation, it's not for now. But before you do something, as we learned in the first chalet, before you do something, you speak to Gashbar, before eating, before going someplace, before going shopping, when you get someplace, when you go to school, and so on and so forth. to help you. That you should be matzliach what you're going to do. That you should be matzliach what you're going to do. That's the that's the way to live in davening. Not just that you daven, but to live in davening, and that's how you develop a relationship with Hashem. There are no shortcuts. It doesn't make a difference if you have an abridged sitter or a big sitter, if you have a short davening, you daven someplace where it's less that long. To have a keshul, a kashbaruch, it means to live with davening. It's during the day. And during the, when you do that, then that's the string that holds together the pearls of shachas, from Shabbos to Yontif, another day. That's what holds together your life. To have a kesha, to have this kashas, to have a shaychas. To the without that, a person with that, that's without the hisbain, this is bindingness, and it's just a shetaf another shachris, later on's milcha, something tomorrow, whatever, and just to say, you know, the shetaf When a person lives with tefila, that stops the shetaf His bindingness and tefila, his bindingness thinking and saying a few words, that stops the shetaf the flow of life, the rush of life quiets and sweetens and softens and makes it gentle that pause button it's a different life it's a different life the only way to know that is to do it to start to, to try all of us to try to do that to begin a little bit to see next time we're going to go into more examples of how of how we can apply this and how this goes to everything in life Ruchmis and Gashmis as well Shkai.